I'm Alora. I'm Brianna, and we are Sisters, Sisters of Lore. Lore, the reread, rewatch podcast of the most magical lore. So fill your pipe with some long bottom leaf, pour yourself a butterbeer, and don't forget toss, toss a, a coin, coin to your witcher. Hey guys, welcome to episode three. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you, and we are happy to have you here. So we'll do a quick recap on last week's content. Uh, We met Harry and the Dursleys, and we had a brief mention of three professors from Hogwarts. We know who Voldemort is and that he has disappeared and the Wizarding World is in celebration. Harry's treated like garbage by his family and they're bitter over having to take him in after his parents died suddenly in a very tragic car accident when he was a baby. There's something special about Harry and it both scares and irritates the Dursleys. Someone is desperately trying to get a letter to Harry, but the Dursleys won't allow him or Dudley to read it. They've gone on the run to escape these letters, and the minutes have ticked down to midnight on Harry's birthday as he lays on the floor with a threadbare blanket shivering. There's a storm raging outside their rundown shack in the middle of the ocean, and suddenly there was a loud booming knock on the door. So join us as we open the door to the unknown visitor and to the wizarding world itself. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Sorry. It's just, it's the last two sentences for me. (laughs) Um, So today we are going to be talking about chapters four through six. So I hope that you've read them. Um, We honestly love these chapters so much. Um, Just just so much magic happens. Um, But I'm going to do the quick summaries before we jump into the chapters a little bit more and get into our notes. Um, So first, the knock on the door is made by none other than our friendly half-giant, Hagrid. Uh, We learn that he is the keeper of the keys and grounds at Hogwarts. Hagrid realizes quickly how misinformed and mistreated Harry has been for the last 11 years, almost 11 years, um, finally gives Harry his acceptance letter to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, a birthday cake that may have been set on during his travels, and has it out with Vernon Dursley, the great prune. (laughs) Petunia insensitively lets loose that Harry's parents were blown up, not killed in a car crash as they had said all these years. Hagrid is the one who tells Harry his story, or at least all that he knows about it. Voldemort is mentioned as well as his known alias, he who must not be named, to Harry for the first time ever. Vernon swears Harry won't be going to school taught by some crackpot old fool, and Hagrid flips his top at this negative mention of headmaster Albus Dumbledore. So naturally, he attempts to turn Dudley into a pig, but he must have already been very pig-like as he is only given a curly pink tail. Now the next chapter, Harry wakes up in the shack on a rock and believes everything was just a dream. There's no way he could be a wizard, yet he opens his eyes to an owl at the window and a massive Hagrid still present. Hagrid makes Harry to, takes Harry rather, (laughs) to a little London pub called the Leaky Cauldron, and soon a swarm of witches and wizards have gathered around Harry to stare, shake hands, and welcome him back to their world. We meet poor, stuttering Professor Quirrell while at the pub and learn that he teaches defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. They go into the alley behind the pub. Hagrid taps the brick wall three times and soon Harry is staring at his first real wizarding experience, Diagon Alley. They go to Gringotts first where Harry is shown his vault and the fat stacks his parents left him and Hagrid visits vault 713 to pick up a grubby little package wrapped in brown paper. Harry gets all of his necessary school things, meets some douchey kid as he gets his robes. Hagrid gives Harry a snowy owl for his birthday, and after several mismatches, Harry gets his wand. Curious. They grab some food before Harry goes back to the Dursleys to wait for September, the first to catch the train to Hogwarts. 
So now fast forward a miserable month with the Dursleys and Harry tells us that this was just all basically isolated. Nobody wanted to be in the same room with Harry and they didn't speak to him at all. Sad shit. He speaks with his aunt and his uncle on the last day of August to ask if they can take him to King's Cross Station, platform nine and three quarters. Vernon agrees only because they need to have Dudley's tail removed before he attends smeltings and Vernon tells Harry that his platform doesn't exist. They arrive the next day with only 30 minutes to spare and Vernon drops Harry off between platforms nine and 10 without a care in the world. Harry is starting to get worried until he hears talk of muggles. We meet the Weasleys for the first time and they teach Harry how to get onto the platform. We read about the Hogwarts Express for the first time and Harry spends his ride to Hogwarts with Ron. So we meet Neville Longbottom and Hermione Granger when Neville's toad goes missing on the train. Ron performs a bogus spell his twin brothers taught him and Harry learns about Quidditch. They get off the train and Harry, along with the other first years, are greeted by Hagrid as he takes them on a fleet of boats across the lake to the Hogwarts castle. So we'll start by delving into our notes for chapter four, uh, which is the keeper of the keys. This is where we open the door to Hagrid. Vernon jumps out of the back room with the rifle, which <laughs> is hilarious because I'd like to know what he thinks he's going to do with a rifle against a wand because he obviously knows that this person's probably a wizard. <laughs> but okay. I love that for him. Um, I also like Hagrid's description. Um especially because he is so huge, just the rifle with a big man like Hagrid. <laughs> they said he's a giant of a man with long, with a long shaggy mane and a wild tangled beard. So I liked that. I don't know. I just really like his description. And I do think that the actor that played him in the movie, I don't remember his name, but spot on. It's Robert something. Is it? I don't know. I have to look yes, I can't remember it right now. I do. I love him so much. He honestly, like, I wish he would take me to Hogwarts. It would be Luna or Hagrid. 100%. I like his description because it makes him sound like super wild mm -hmm. and just, like scary to look at. Robbie Coltrane. Robbie. Oh, thank you. Yes. Sorry. I had to look that up. That's why I was a little distracted there. Love um, it's going to bother me forever. It was going to bother me forever. <laughs> I just, I think it almost like reminds me of this wild giant man that lives in the woods and sets his bed on fire. <laughs> like Draco says later that he's just this drunk man that constantly sets his bed on fire. Yeah. Yes. I do love that. It's <laughs> so perfect. Um, I also love that Hagrid knows who Harry is just by his eyes. I don't like, and again, this is something that I'll probably point out in the movies when we do the movie rewatch, but in the movie, he mistakes Harry for, or he mistakes Dudley for Harry at first. He's like, oh, got, got a bit big, you know, since the last time I seen you. And he's looking at Dudley and Dudley's like, I'm not Harry. And, you know, it, it turns out to be Harry. But in the book, he notices him right away because he's a spitting image of his dad with his mother's green eyes. So I just Crazy like that. How different the dialogue truly is for this part. And I feel like it's mm -hmm. such an important part. So I'm a little surprised that they changed the dialogue so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised too, because from my understanding, Joe has a lot of pull when it comes to the movies, when it comes to even like the cursed child, um, the play, even the wizarding world, like at Disney. I mean, she has so much control over that where I'm just, I don't know. I'm surprised that she omitted and, and allowed them to change so much. I don't know. It's just me. Vernon says that 
the story of how the Potters died is a load of old Tosh. And I think that's insane because he knows magic is real. He knows that it's a true story. And he's just in this hardcore denial that it's all fake and that magic isn't real. Like, dude, your kid now has a pig's tail. So (laughs) obviously it's real. And maybe you should go see a therapist to sort out this delusional theory that it's all fake. Yes, agreed. Especially because I think he's been immersed in in a world of magic. I mean, obviously not by choice, but because of the association with Petunia and the fact that he's just not willing to come to terms with, you know, that reality. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, when something's um, abnormal, we just pretend it's not real, obviously. Which is yeah, basically. Blinders. I mean, it's not, and and I think, again, I love how Joe makes people seem so real you know what I mean like these characters have very real attributes this is something that you would find in someone I'm not saying you know like your typical run-of-the-mill person but I mean we see this all the time in just everyday situations as well you know like people that are homophobic or racist or you know what I'm saying like they're just so very much about you know what's happening in their world and they don't want to accept that there is something else outside of their normal. So I do love that. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a common theme throughout this series, honestly. So Haggard mentions the letter that Dumbledore left with Harry 10 years ago, which I love. We're bringing it back to that. Um, and I can just imagine like how many questions are flying through Harry's head. Um, you know, like he all about his parents, that he's famous the wizarding world, you know, letters just being kept from him. And then Hagrid says it, he says it, Harry, you're a wizard. And I do, I have a qualm about this. I don't even know if I'm using that properly in this context, but in the movie, he goes, you're a wizard, Harry. And in the book, he says, Harry, you're a wizard. I don't know. I just feel like it's a different tone, but that's just me. (laughs) So yes. Um, and again, I still want to know what that freaking letter said. I really I'm sad do. that we never actually totally find out what's in the letter. Same. It's touched upon several times in later books too, mm-hmm. but like it never says exactly what's in it. Yeah. Dear Joe, I keep, I keep asking you for things and you're just leaving us, leaving us out there. And then it's at this point that this, this guy pulls a whole ass owl out of his coat, this whole live owl. And it's like, yeah. This guy. <laughs> In my notes, I put Hagrid is literally pulling crazy shit out of his coat pockets, sausages, a tea kettle, several chip mugs, a poker, and a bottle of amber liquid. My guess is, is like, it's probably brandy, whiskey, maybe even mead. I don't know. I think it's brandy. I think that's like his drink of choice. Either that or whiskey, I can't remember, but I think it's usually brandy. I can't. I do. Okay. I just watched Goblet of Fire last night because, uh, so my son is sick and I, sleeping has just been so terrible here. Um, So I was watching Goblet of Fire and I do love when um, the headmistress of Bobatons tells Hagrid that her horses only drink single malt whiskey. And he stabs Professor Flickwick. I'm like, yes, that is your match made in heaven, dear sir. But yeah, so it is It is probably whiskey or brandy. I think it's crazy that he fit all of those things in his coat. And like, we're not even at the end of all the things that he fit in his coat. <laughs> and like, he just pulls out these sausages and heats them up on the stove, on the fire. And they're all just yeah. eating them. And I'm sitting here like, listen, these sausages have been in his jacket for God knows how long. <laughs> they're like... 
how do we know we didn't sit on them? They're probably warm. There's no way that those are okay to be eating in Facts. any any stretch of the imagination. Facts. Although yeah. honestly, and I think they said it in the book too, is that Harry found them delicious. And in in the movie, this doesn't happen. Obviously, like you know, no food is happening. He's not pulling a bunch of shit out of his pockets or anything. He does give him the cake. Um, which he still doesn't eat but I love that he ate in the book because this dude barely eats in general and here he gets these fat ass sausages and the Dursleys get none so I always liked that um Petunia also shares the story of her sister Lily um swears that she's like the only one who ever saw her as a freak but okay I'm actually like skipping over my notes real quick to make a point for those of you that don't know and again this whole thing is going to be spoilers you guys but Petunia actually wrote to Dumbledore and I think it's in what book five or book six book I six remember. I think it's Half-Blood Prince um, where we actually learn that Petunia wrote to Dumbledore asking to go to Hogwarts um, you know she was very jealous of her sister she wanted to be magical or have some magical abilities um, so yeah so I just think that that's funny that you know, she says that she's a freak when, you know, um, but Petunia says that Lily met James at school, got married, had Harry, got herself blown up and they got landed with him. Um, so that's shit. <laughs> um, Harry is like, whoa, like you told me it was a car crash and Hagrid is fucking outraged. Um, I think that, uh, the fact that like a car crash could have killed two of the best and that Harry has no idea about his story is like what really, kind of sent him over the edge and I totally get that I feel that so at this point Hagrid gives Harry his letter and I love the addresses on these letters throughout the book Same. because like or this whole chapter area where they're like sending him all these letters because this one's like Mr. H. Potter the floor hot on the rock the sea the sea like they just <laughs> know where he is so and they're just sending it anyway right in the middle of the ocean like I said I do want to add that Hagrid seems to be more concerned that he isn't the right person to tell Harry his story. And I believe that there really was no one better, um, especially if it didn't come from his blood relatives. I do feel like Hagrid should be the one, you know, like he's the one that carried Harry out of the, you know, mess that was his parents' house, you know, after they were murdered. Um, you know, Hagrid's the one that, you know, gives him his letter. I mean, Hagrid is just, and I will say this throughout the series, Hagrid really is Harry's like father figure. You know what I mean? I know that Sirius is, and you know, like I know that there are there are other people, but I don't know. I think Hagrid is a very underappreciated, underrecognized father figure for Harry. I mean, I love, I love Sirius, but I have a lot of qualms too about, especially in like the fourth book and the end of the fifth book or the beginning of the fifth book, like mm -hmm. about. Sirius's attitude and like the things he's okay with Harry doing like sometimes I think that he's just a bad influence and I do get really frustrated with him in the books yeah and I don't necessarily think that Sirius would have been the best choice for him to live with mm -hmm. just because I think that his life would have been a little more reckless yeah I think uh you and I were actually talking about that the, the other day too is that if anything had gone differently in Harry's story like specifically his upbringing things would not have been the same like right I mean, we were, we were speaking, you know, in, um, in terms of Dumbledore, you know, if, if anything had happened, if anything had changed there, you know, things definitely wouldn't have been the same, but even if that happened, you know, if he had grown up with Hagrid or Professor McGonagall or Sirius, you know what I mean? Like it just, he would not have been the same boy. Things would not have ended the way that they did. 
Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, he had to live with Petunia because it says in the later books that if he didn't go back there every summer, the the spell or the love magic. Yeah. It's basically blood magic. I mean, yeah. It has and to be I with think- someone of Lily's blood. Mm-hmm. I said that in the last episode and, and I think I, I hope I didn't confuse anyone by saying it the way that I said it, but um, I had said something like Harriet only survived because of Lily's love because of her blood. And it wasn't like, I guess by her blood, I just meant like her life. Um, you know, she gave her life for his, which in turn is exactly what Alara said. It's blood magic. Um, you know, it was because of her love. Um, so yeah, so I hope that didn't confuse anyone last time. I hope that helped. Um, this is where Vernon busts in though and is like this is exactly what they deserved for getting mixed up with these wizarding type and the world is better off without them and it's a better place without them in it and like I just you know I can understand feeling that type of way about somebody totally fine whatever do you feel your way but like don't tell their son that like you should say say it to your wife say it to your kid I don't care who you say it to I mean it's bad juju you're a shit ass person but at the same time like how cruel to say that to their their son who never met them like the Mm -hmm. world's a better place without them in it yeah no I agree I especially like um when Vernon says he says something like he accepts that there's something strange about Harry, but nothing that a good beating wouldn't have cured. And I thought that was really shitty too. So he, he truly does think that wizards, you know, like they don't exist or it can be cured or, you know, it's something that obviously a beating could rid him of. Um, and I just thought like, that's wild. Like that's his solution. And then goes on to tell Harry, you know, just what Alara had said, like his parents deserve what they got because they were mixed up with a wizarding type. Like, like, first of all, no one deserves. I mean, I can't say no one deserves, but you know what I'm saying? Like they certainly did not deserve. And it's so sad that that's the outlook that his aunt and uncle have, you know, like that's the type of shit he has to be raised in. And I just feel so bad. Hagrid obviously tells Harry uh, about his past, about what really happened to his parents, uh, because he can't go to Hogwarts without knowing. Like everyone there knows his story. And now he learns that he's a wizard and he doesn't even know who he is or why he's so important. Um, So he does tell Harry about um, Voldemort, a wizard who went bad, as bad as you could go. Um, And again, we're told that witches and wizards don't like saying his name. Uh, We learn that his scar is the remnants of an evil curse, which is the same one used on his parents. And that's why he's famous. Uh, No one else had ever survived the killing curse before him, um, especially when Voldemort decided to kill them. And then a little baby did. So, so this is, I hate that I moving on into (laughs) Brian continuing to say terrible things about everybody, Mm -hmm. including Dumbledore. Yep. And he obviously doesn't know his place because Hagrid gives him a piece of his mind. Okay. So Vernon calls Dumbledore a crackpot old fool. And that's when Hagrid is like, bruh, we done here. (laughs) And in the movie, Dudley is like scarfing down the cake, but in the Mm -hmm. book, I don't, I don't think he is. I don't don't think think anyone eats the cake actually. I don't even, I don't think Harry or Hagrid or, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. And then he obviously, uh, that's when he decides to turn Dudley into a pig. 
um, though he only sprouts a tail and Hagrid says, which I wish that they would have left this in the movie because I, I liked his thought behind it where Hagrid says uh, he must have already been much like a pig to only have a tail um, as he was trying to, to turn him in one uh, into one. So next is chapter five. This is Diagon Alley. This is my favorite chapter out of favorite just about chapter. all of the books. Um, it's just his introduction to the magical world. And he really just gets to see what he's been missing out on for the last 11 years in this whole world that he never knew existed. Yeah, no, I do. This is honestly, I think we both put in our notes that we love this chapter so much. Um, also heads up, you guys, I'm so sorry, but my son is sick. Uh, my toddler, he's down here with us right now. So if you see, or if you hear rather, um, some, some noises, it's definitely him. And I apologize. <laughs> So um, one of the things that I said in my notes is that it's truly a sad type of humor that I couldn't appreciate as a kid that Harry truly thought this whole thing was a dream like when he woke up at the beginning of this chapter he kept his eyes closed and swore that his aunt was going to come knock on the door and he had this sinking feeling and knew that he was he was down there and then he heard the owl tapping on the window and immediately was like yep there she is Mm -hmm. and opened his eyes and it was an owl. Yeah, I do love that too. I think it's, you know, it's that moment where reality sets in and it's a good reality. Um, So I do love that. And then um, we have our first mention of wizard money, which I like. I always like little details like that. Um, So the first wizard money that we hear of is the form of nuts. Um, I guess the guy that, uh, what does he do? He He's the voice for the audiobooks. Um, he says canuts, so I'm not quite sure if it's canuts or if it's nuts. Um, but there are nuts, sickles, and galleons. Um, Harry brings up that he has no money and Vernon won't pay for his schooling or equipment. He had just said that the night before. Um, but Hagrid reassures Harry that his parents didn't leave him with nothing, and we pretty much learn that this kid is loaded. Um, Hagrid also tells us that Gringotts is the safest place in the world, except maybe Hogwarts, and you'd be mad to try and rob it. And I just put like foreshadowing much in bold letters. <laughs> I put ha because yes, <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing. It's just it's so good. She does a lot of foreshadowing, and I love that. Like I notice it more reading through again. You know? Yeah, I don't feel like like obviously because I didn't know he was gonna rob it. Right. Later on, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously after the first time but even like as an adult like I just I feel like I see some of this stuff more and more mm-hmm. sorry I just dropped my diet coke it's fine um, <laughs> uh, so Harry asked Hagrid about dragons being at Gringotts which again foreshadowing um, we don't find out for many many uh moons um but Hagrid says that he totally loved a dragon and he's wanted one ever since he was a boy again just more foreshadowing all the foreshadowing all the foreshadowing he just loves all sorts of you know magical creatures and he knits and I just I love that for him next when we get to Diagon Alley we learn about everything that's in Harry's letter so it talks about all the things that he's going to need for school including three sets of plain work robes a plain pointed black hat for day wear which I just want to point out that I never see them wear those except on the last day yeah the last day right when they're at the table and you know like they're celebrating the houses right and I think when they first walk in to be sorted that's the only other time that I've ever oh, seen them yeah wear. you're right you're right otherwise no one ever wears a black hat um a pair of protective gloves um and it said dragon hide or similar which 
not really sure what the difference is there. I want to know what yeah, else they like have. Similar to that would be kind of interesting. Like, I don't know, maybe like chainmail. Well, no, you probably wouldn't have chainmail on protective. Blood. I feel like that wouldn't be very protective. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I'm going to battle. Like this. <laughs> Not, at least not against the things that they're trying to protect themselves from in herbology. I feel like chainmail no, wouldn't, wouldn't matter. I love it. I would not do well in herbology, but I do love their herbology classes. I would probably throw up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, a winter cloak, black with silver fastenings, which I think is kind of interesting because yeah. Gryffindor doesn't have any silver in their colors. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, if we're going off the books, neither does Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, well, actually none of them do. Like it's uh, what, green and black? It's- Well, technically black. the third color for Ravenclaw and Slytherin is, yeah, is silver. Silver, yeah. But I the don't know if Hufflepuff is. Ones. So that's interesting. Why not gold? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Well, Maybe silver's cheaper. Bronze, like muscly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you guys can hear the crumpling, my child is raiding through the snack drawer. But this is a this is a. I want to raid through your snack drawer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, I Brianna, um, I knit and I crochet, and so I just love that Hagrid, especially because he's um you know, like you get this image of him and he's a big half giant man, like with a mangy beard, like, uh, who you sets know, his bed on fire, right. Who sets his bed on fire. Um, you know, but it's just so cute. Yes. Lots of books. Please yeah, read all the a names. lot of books. They're fucking wonderful. I love them. I, I enjoy the, the one for Newt Scamander's in there, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander, just because it's in like the later movies, but it's mm-hmm. never talked about since then. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, Newt Scamander is a fellow Hufflepuff for all you puffs yeah. out there. Yeah, he was also expelled from Hogwarts, FYI. Yes. Um, well, I do have some headcanon about that. I don't know if he was like expelled, expelled, because technically Harry was expelled too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and then he was reinstated. So I wonder if it was the same thing with Newt because he still has his wand and everything. But anyway, another time, another episode conversation. Also a standard book of spells, grade one by Miranda Goshock, which is for Charmed. Um, a history of magic by Bethilda Bagshot, which I'm kind of sad that they never incorporate that into the Thank movies. You. Thank like, you. Like a ghost teacher that just drones on and on like I understand that kind of seems boring but at the same time like I feel like that would have been cool to include in there that he just one day fell asleep in the teacher's lounge and never woke up and went to work I I mean dude we have so many things we have so many there's there's peeves that I have an issue with like there's just there's so many things Uh, magical theory a beginner's guide to transfiguration 1000 magical herbs and fungi magical droughts and potions drafts not okay all right. I thought it was draft. Draft. No, it's draft. Yes. Like okay. draft of the living dead is one. Oh, of them. right, right, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you learn something new every day. I love his name though, Arsenius Jigger. I love that. I just, I love, like you know, oh, so good, so good. And then the Dark Forces: A Guide to Self Protection by Quentin Trimble, which just reminds me of Quentin Tarantino. I was just gonna say that too. It's it's a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection by Quentin Tarantino. It needs some badass music, too. Like, oh, so good. Um, he also needs to get a wand from Mr. Ollivander, a cauldron, pewter, standard size two. You know, why can't it be a gold one? 
Uh, yes. And I, cause he even says too, he goes window shopping and he really wants a gold one. And Hagrid talks him out of it being like, no, they just said pewter. Um, so there's that. And I also wanted to know about the different sizes. Like, I guess it's probably just like, you know, like chemistry beakers and everything. Like there are probably different sizes, but right. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I think it's interesting that they only need one too. Like, so they must only brew one potion at a time. I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think that they have to like clean it out. It has multiple times in the book where they have to like they cast a certain spell and it gets rid of everything in the cauldron and cleans it. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I totally forgot. Gorgio or something. Oh, okay. I'll see. I'll see. Um, He also needs a set of glass or crystal files, a telescope, a set of brass scales, and students may also bring an owl or a toad or I assume a rat or a cat because. Yeah, those are. Yeah. Also, I think I messed up, you guys. It wasn't a gold ca- cauldron that he wanted. I'm pretty sure it was a set of gold uh, scales, I think is what he wanted. And I think Hagrid talked him out of that. But anyway, that is still a valid point earlier. Like, why not a different type of cauldron? Sorry, my bad. I just want to clear that up. <laughs> um, also, can we talk about scabbers? Like, I just wrote in there scabbers with a huge side eye because so many things. <laughs> Somebody should have killed him then. Too bad hitting that window didn't kill him. Like, I don't know. I mean, he has come in handy a couple times. He bites, who is it, Crab's finger or Goyle's finger? And I don't know. He bites a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> so at this point, Gringotts has been broken into. Is this a coincidence? Probably not. There's Probably. nothing that is coincidence in the wizarding world. As we've come to learn up to this point, things happen for a reason. It was Voldemort. Spoiler spoiler (laughs) this whole podcast is a spoiler um so I do I love that Hagrid is the first person that we see as everyone steps off the train specifically Harry um it was something that I thought that they captured in the movie really well too um but there's just something about having someone that he trusts and knows like being his guide to the castle that just gives me all the feels and then they all get in boats and the first years go across the lake in the boats to get to the castle uh every year there is a new method of travel from the platform to the school which i love that it's like a new perspective of the castle every year thanks yeah i like that too um actually like random question what is your favorite method to get to the castle i like the carriages okay that's fair i like i i mean i don't i like the thestrals yeah, that's right. Because they can see them. Oh, I thought you meant the covered carriages because they take those one year, but. Um, no, those remind me too much of Cinderella. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we would pick the same method. Like that would be, that's kind of sad that you don't get to pick. But again, like you said, you know, having a new perspective every year. Leonidas. God. <laughs> oh my God. Who buys those toys for their children? Like. You. you know hey that's that's a good tip for anyone that just doesn't like somebody and you get invited to their shower or their kids fucking birthday party make sure you get them a toy that makes like the most obnoxious noise the parents will get the hint they'll be like oh well they fucking hate us like <laughs> so they visit the leaky cauldron for the first time and strange witches and wizards are all in harry's business like trying to get a handshake or a word in um, this is also where we meet Professor Quirrell, the defense against the dark arts teacher um, at Hogwarts. Which I feel like I, one of the things I hate about rereading this series is that some of that magical naivety is gone mm-hmm. as far as like 
I can't see him as this nervous, scared person, this innocent man that they're trying to make him out to be in the beginning yeah. who has this weird stutter. All I see is this lying sack of shit. Although I, I do, okay, this is not to defend Curl either, but he technically doesn't even, like, yes, he's being controlled and like, yes, he's being a pawn, but he's not, you know what I'm, like, like he, he doesn't have a friend in the back, you know what I'm saying, yet. So like, I still get his, his stuttering issue right now. I think it's later on when that attachment happens that he gets a little bit bolder and like, you know, obviously like the troll and everything, but I mean, I don't know, not to defend him because he's still done did what he did and ignorance to the law is not (laughs) facts. facts. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Possession is nine tenths. So true. Um, so Harry and Hagrid, they visit Gringotts and Harry had a small fortune left to him by his deceased parents. And then they get off, uh, at vault 713, where Hagrid picks up a grubby brown package for headmaster Dumbledore. With Griphook, who absolutely gets what he deserves later in life. Yes. Yes, he does. And just a small bit of fact here. They're debating about stalagmite versus stalactite. C in stalactite is for ceiling and G in stalagmite is for ground you're welcome I did not know that either and like I so Allura writes out her notes and I type my notes I might start writing my notes now that I have um good note five on um the iPad for those of you that don't have it it's fucking amazing um but I so I transferred all of her notes over to this and I was like where did that even come up and I forgot that they talk about it in the book but I was like dude I didn't even know that and it was just so enlightening so and you know and yet I say that I'm a Ravenclaw (laughs) jokes um but uh so Harry finally grabs like all of his odds and ends and diagonally that whole list um Hagrid gifts Harry a snowy owl so that's going to be his pet to take um with him to Hogwarts um and his last item to buy is his wand and I just put omg this is the moment like oh so ready for this and like again this is why I love this chapter because he gets his wand and he has that magical feeling and it's just his first wonderful magical experience and to just realize that this terrible life that he's had is not everything that he's meant to have yeah I don't love them the way that I love Harry Potter I just don't find the same intrigue there I guess they are still part of the series like I know it's not the same it's obviously not the same storyline I actually kind of like this one better because it's like I, I don't have any backstory on it. So it's always something new. You know what I mean? And I've seen them. I've seen both of them like maybe 10 times just because like, I just want to know more. I don't know. But like Alara said, she mentions that it's, it's so magical and it's Harry's first like magical experience. And when you think about it, it's really all of ours. Like even rereading it, it still felt magical. Like I was entering Diagon Alley for the first time all over again. And I just love that Joe does such a great job of of taking us through this with Harry. I just think that that's so cool. I also just want to say it makes me really sad when Draco says that he would rather leave the school than be in a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Listen. The Hufflepuff are the only people who are even friendly to the Slytherin because they're friendly with everybody and they're the only people who are actually friends with some Slytherin outside of Slytherin so like I feel like maybe you should be a little less judgmental and you should maybe fuck yourself a little bit and moving on (laughs) and move on (laughs) yeah I mean we all know Draco is just well if you don't know 
Now you know. Um, so we meet Al. Uh, eh, bleh, bleh, bleh. I hate my life. Um, we meet Ollivander, and he gives Harry a few wand options to try. They a few, meaning like a few thirty. Yes, and they all fail disastrously. Uh, most of them. So Ollivander tries a wand that he never guessed would pair with Potter, um, as its twin phoenix feather core is the one that gave Harry his scar. I <laughs> just put dun dun dun. Um, sorry, my my baritone is not is not there. Not great. No, it's not okay. great. <laughs> it's not top notch. Um, so I did want to talk about Harry's wand, uh, which is it's Hollywood. 11 inches long and it has obviously that phoenix feather core which as Ollivander does say in the books and in the movie um it the phoenix that gave that feather only gave one other and that is the one that is in Voldemort's wand and then they have hamburgers and he goes back to be miserable for a month yeah which is terrible but then we meet the Hogwarts Express and all the cool people that he's gonna endure the next what seven years with eight years yes seven, eight, whatever it is, seven. I don't know my life. <laughs> like Eight movies, seven fucking books. I hate my life. All right. So chapter six um, is the journey from platform nine and three quarters. Uh, Harry's had a miserable month and finally asks his aunt and uncle for a ride to the platform. Um, literally the day before he has to catch the ride to the, um, to the school. And I do, I have to say, I hate that Vernon specifically says like he wouldn't be taking Harry if they didn't already have to go, which the only reason why they're going is to have Dudley's tail removed before he starts at smell things. So there's that. I mean, I feel like they should just let him go. It completes the look. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, um, um, I did want to say that I forgot that Hedwig was actually a name that Harry had found as reading through a history of magic. Um, but it never actually explains who Hedwig was. That would be something to maybe find out at some point if anyone yeah, knows. Yeah, um, you you mentioned that, and I really liked that because um, I I forgot to look that up too. I'm sure I'm sure I could find something on Pottermore. I'll report back, you guys. But um, so Vernon and Petunia they basically just ditch Harry at the platform between nine and ten and laugh because nine uh, sorry rather platform nine and three quarters doesn't exist and then we hear someone talking about muggles and who is it other than the weasleys we meet the entire family i love molly Molly is my favorite molly is a true g she is i love the ultimate she is so ruthless in the end with bellatrix because i have my own personal hatred for bellatrix for killing my character i love bellatrix i can't lie to you i do i will never forgive her. I mean, I won't either. Don't get me wrong. What she did was absolutely terrible, but I have, I don't know. I just have this, this, I don't, I don't know if I would say I resonate with her because she's just an evil bitch, but I don't know. I just, I feel some type of way about her and I can't shake it. So sorry, not sorry, but yeah. So they get onto the platform, <laughs> which I, ha- I, I also have a lot of questions about this. Because I don't understand how people, if, if Harry is being jostled as he's running to the wall by these people, how do they not see him suddenly disappear? And why are they not concerned that this child with his owl and all of his luggage is running dead into a wall? Thank you. As fast as he can. 
I have all those questions as well. That's valid. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Uh, We also meet Neville and Hermione as Neville has lost his toad, Trevor, which Neville losing things is just pretty much going to be a constant, you guys. But it, it leads for a good time. I mean, I feel like every item he loses, like, I don't know, it just kind of brings the whole gang together. So can't be mad about it. Uh, Ron and Harry sit together on the ride. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting to see their friendship start just because, you know, Harry has grown up without anything. And even though he has all this money in his pocket and can buy lunch of candy for an embarrassed Ron, who is clearly not happy about the corned beef sandwich his mother packed him. I love corned beef. Um, <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, this chick eats corned beef hash like every morning, no joke. Every morning with sauce scrambled eggs. Oh gosh, so gross. The sauce scrambled so eggs, good. not the corned beef hash. I have like two cans actually who inspired me. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some and I still have yeah, it. Get it all nice and crispy and then cook your eggs, put the eggs over it. You can do over easy, that's fine. But oh yeah, no, I'm here for over easy. So is Leo apparently. <laughs> Yeah, you want some over easy eggs? Some corned beef hash? You say hi to everybody? Say hello, say I said baby. No, sorry. I say no, I say no. I'm so sorry. See, we, we practice attachment parenting here, you guys. So this is, I don't, like, what can I say? We're literally just attached. It's, it's a thing. You're a jungle gym for a child. Yeah, I really wish I knew that that's what they meant by attachment parenting, though, you guys. Like, if I knew this was like a 24-7 attachment thing, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Just kidding. Jokes, jokes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I have to say, Fred and George are two of my favorite characters. And immediately you kind of see their their playfulness, like their their comedic relief almost for the series. Um, they teach Ron this fake spell, um, which I love. And then we learn about like chocolate frogs, birdie bots, every flavor beans, which I have had, um, pumpkin, they call them pasties or maybe it's just an accent thing. Um, I know Cho says it like that when she's at the trolley, she's like, can I get two pumpkin pasties, please? Um, sorry that, that was terrible. You guys, I am, I am ashamed. <laughs> I am ashamed. Um, so I don't know. I would call them, um, pasties like pastries. Um, but maybe they are pasties. Um, and then other goodies that the trolley carries on the Hogwarts Express. The chocolate frogs are pretty interesting because they do actually jump around. Jump, 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 jump around. <laughs> <laughs> we think we're funny, you guys. It's fine. So, <laughs> sorry, I need a little bit of my Diet Coke. So sorry. So each chocolate frog comes with a card of a famous witch or wizard. And Harry just happened to get out with Dumbledore's. Um, I think his frog is actually kind of interesting. Um, He is currently the headmaster of Hogwarts, and it also states, considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times, Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945, Johnny Depp, my boy, for the discovery of the 12 uses of dragon's blood. Bro, let's not even talk about this next Continue. I'm very sad about all of that. I actually saw Aquaman yesterday and was even more angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Not happy there either. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> We're not fans. We are not fans. Um, so he was Johnny Depp, like forever. I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm going to marry Johnny Depp someday. It's fine. Same. If you're listening, Johnny Depp, I love you. Yes. <laughs> Honey, I would never treat you like that. I'm just saying. I will never cut your finger off. I promise. How dare you. I have questions. I have questions for her. 
Um, sorry. <laughs> He's known for the 12 uses of dragon's blood, which, which I would blood. like to know, like, what are those uses? I have questions. Yeah, they never go over it. However, he does lick it off the ceiling in yes, um, uh, book six. Yes. With a professor, um, what's his face? Professor Slughorn there. That one. Thank you. I know it started with an S. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched the movie like last night, two nights ago. Oh um, and he's also known for his work on alchemy with partner Nicholas Flamel. Which I do love you guys. If you haven't seen the movies yet, we do meet him in Fantastic Beasts. So um, I, I don't know. I still have things about that too, how they portrayed him. So we learn that Harry is mentioned in the following books uh, by none other than Hermione, uh, Modern Magical History, The Rise and Fall of the Dark Arts, and Great Wizarding Events of the 20th Century. So really loved that. Uh, Professor Dumbledore also enjoys chamber music and 10-pin bowling. Same. It's the last friend. sentence for me, bro. It's just it's so good. <laughs> We have access to the enhanced ebook editions and they have a quill fax placed throughout the books. Uh, we thought it would be kind of cool to include those in each episode from here on out. Um, so in chapter four, Mr. Dursley is not about Harry attending Hogwarts and Hagrid tells Vernon that he's mad. Harry has had his name down ever since he was born. And, you know, I've always wondered when I watched the movies, I guess I didn't really remember that they talked about this. But... Um, our first quill pops up here and explains that Hagrid means that there's a small locked tower never visited by any student at Hogwarts. And in that tower sits an ancient book that has not been touched by human hands since the four founders placed it there on the completion of the castle. Beside the book, which is bound in peeling black dragon hide, stands a small silver ink pot and from this protrudes a long faded quill. These are the quill of acceptance and the book of admittance and they can constitute the only process by which students are selected for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Okay, and I actually have some headcanon about this. Do we know if Tom Riddle is in the book? Like, is that how Dumbledore knew where he was or like to go find him? Or was he just like someone that Dumbledore had this pull to? I mean, I guess he had to have been in the book, right? Right, I think he gets put in when they're born. Right, okay, okay, okay. Um, so in chapter six, we have another quill. Um, there were only two out of, you know, this, this episode really. Um, but we read that Harry gets onto the platform, uh, nine and three quarters, and he's seeing the Scarlet steam engine, the Hogwarts express for the first time. Um, the quill says before the creation of the Hogwarts express, Hogwarts students used to arrive at school in any manner that caught their fancy. Some rode broomsticks, uh, difficult feet when carrying trunks and pets. Um, others commandeered enchant. Eh? enchanted carts and later carriages um others wrote a variety of magical creatures that's all we have for you guys today but our next episode will be about chapters 7 through 10 so be sure you read those chapters if you want to read along with us that episode will be live on wednesday the 28th of july um we promise not to get anything like ebola or mad cow disease on the way there you guys are um, but so sorry if it weren't for this like we would have had you know we would have stuck to our schedule much better but maybe um so the next part you guys um we're pretty much going to keep this consistent now like that we have our layout um so next we're just going to talk about some questions like planned or you know maybe some on the spot stuff that we come up with and then after that we're going to talk about quill facts which um we'll get into when we get there 
Um, I have one question and I don't know, I'm just kind of putting this out there. I'm, I guess I'm not really looking for like an answer. Um, but does anyone know if like Gringotts is the only bank? Um, cause Haggard mentions like wizards have just the one, like that's a direct quote, uh, when Harry questions wizards having banks. Um, so are there like multiple branches all over the world or does each country maybe have like their own wizarding bank? You know, like maybe America has like, I don't know, uh, Jolly Giants or something like Jolly Giants. Bank. Jolly, Jolly Green Giant. Like, yeah, I mean, it's worth your money. Giant. Jolly Green, you know, happy when your money is safe in the Jolly Green Bank. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right, you're making me hungry. Okay. <laughs> um, so next is Quilfax. Wait, I have a theory here. Oh, okay. Tell me your theory. I'm here for theory. So my theory for this is that Gringotts is like an international brand of bank. I was thinking that too. Because they talk about how Bill is in Africa working as a curse yeah. breaker. And then Egypt too, right? Right. Like, so I just feel like he maybe yeah. like they're all over the place and they find treasures down oh, there and like valid i didn't even think about that see this is why i ask questions because you just you never fucking know if you support us on patreon you will have early access you can find us at patreon.com forward slash sisters of lore pod but we will leave the link in the episode description as well you can also follow us on Instagram at Sisters of Lore Pod and on Facebook, Sisters of Lore Podcast. Um, you can also find us now on Twitter at Sisters of Lore. Um, super excited about that. I couldn't do pod because it exceeded the limit. It was stupid. Um, so yes, uh, feel free to also search and join our private Facebook group, Sisters of Lore. Um, we're hoping to eventually build like a little community in there. Y'all can share like memes and shit. I don't know. It'd be cool. Thank you all so much for listening in today. And we hope that you join us again next episode. XOXO. Sisters of Lore. Yay. I have good snacks though. I mean, I feel like you have to, like when you're a mom. I'm hungry. That's the best snacks. <laughs> it was just so weird. Okay, that's going in our candid clip, I swear to God. It's late. Hang okay. on. Hang on. <laughs>